Welcome to the LifeWay Student Ministry Podcast. I'm Ben Trueblood alongside John Paul Basham. Yo. We are glad to be with you for another episode where we treasure the opportunity to hang out with you as you do whatever it is you do while listening to the podcast. So we don't take that for granted. Thanks for choosing this podcast amongst the student ministry buffet of podcasts. We want to make it better for you. And one of the ways that we know how to make it better for you and serve you well in your ministry is if you leave a rating and review. Uh, we sure would appreciate that. It helps other people find the podcast. And like I said, it helps us continue to shape the podcast to serve you well. So as we get into uh, the topic today, I want to let you know about something that's coming up for you, designed specifically for you as a student pastor, and that is the launch virtual event taking place on August 20th at 1 p.m. Central Time through the Student Ministry That Matters YouTube channel. Uh, we have gathered together a great group of student ministry friends that are uh, ready to pour into you, encourage you, challenge you, and help you launch well into this super weird fall. So join us at Student Ministry That Matters on YouTube, August the 20th at 1 p.m. Central, uh, where we talk about ministry to students, parents, volunteers, and your own personal soul care. Uh, every person that comes to the virtual event receives a digital conference bag. So you can find out more and register at studentministry.lifeway.com slash launch 2020. I'll be there. Producer Nathan will as well. John Paul. I'll be watching. There we go. I like it. Okay, so uh, the topic that we have for you today, I think, is a really, really important one. Uh, and it's a conversation that um, that comes up a lot in student ministry. And it's, man, how do I know if I'm supposed to leave where I'm at and go to this new place? How do I know if I'm supposed to change ministry positions at a church? How am I, how am I supposed to know if I'm supposed to leave this church and go somewhere else? Uh, John Paul, I've been asked that question a lot uh, as I've talked to student pastors over the years through this role at Lifeway, and I know that you have too. Um, and like, we're not going to name names. So if you've talked to us about that, like, don't start to panic right now. I'll name a name right now. <laughs> but <laughs> I know uh, that that is something, you know, when we find ourselves in uh, really small groups of student pastors or one-on-one -on -one in a conversation with a student pastor, it normally comes to like, man, how do I know if I'm supposed to stay in this right now? So we wanted to spend an episode just talking about that and giving some, some thoughts on how to know when to stay, uh, when to leave and go to a new place. John Paul, uh, am I overstating that or is that, is that something that happens to you quite a bit? You find yourself in those kind of conversations. Yeah, more often than I than I would have expected in this role. And I think as we start thinking about this, there's a difference too that I normally try to hear in a conversation with somebody that's talking to me about that. And that is, are they asking if I should stay or if I should leave? And I think those are two very different postures. So I think it's important to decide which end of that you're on, because a lot of times we can just get wrapped up into negative circumstances because what's going on around us. And so deciding, am I looking for 
the reasons to stay or am I looking for the reasons to leave? And then what are the motivations behind each one of those? I think is an important place to start before you just launch into the conversation because sometimes it has everything to do with emotion in a moment that you just kind of let run away. And that's not always the healthiest place to be in. Man, I think the question, that's a huge question because if you're looking to leave, you kind of already made your mind up, right? Like yeah. if, if if that's the mindset that you're going into it saying, man, I'm, I'm kind of looking to get out of here, then maybe there's not a lot in that moment that could cause you to say, no, I, I really want to stay in this. I really want to be in this. So I think trying to find the space between there to say, okay, let me check on this. Am I just looking to leave or am I looking to stay? Or is it somewhere where I'm saying, you know what, I, I'm, I'm kind of open in this and it's not just me looking to leave that's making me want to leave, but that there's, God's actually stirring something in my heart for, for a new thing. Yeah, and I think part of that is sometimes there's a legitimate rub there's something that's going on. It's it's not necessarily, I need more X. I'm looking for different X. But it's like, man, I've, I've hung in here for a while and I just don't know, you know, maybe you are the loyalist and you're in your personality type and you're saying, I don't, I don't know how long is too long to be loyal to a thing that I don't agree with. You know, sometimes it's that I'm putting in a lot of work to stay a place that I think I'm supposed to stay, and I'm trying to discern what's the, where is the line that when when that line is crossed, I can acknowledge some level of release from the place that I'm in. You know, it, it's it's not always just, man, I sure would like a bigger paycheck, or yeah. I'd like more responsibility, or I wish they would give me a, a job title that's more reflective of how I would like to be seen and, and heard from. Man, I, so I think there's, there's certainly a, a point where if you're leading somewhere in, in ministry and you're like, man, philosophically about ministry, I believe differently about how to execute what God's called me to do. And I think sometimes that can lead to bitterness within us because we look at the situation and we say, okay, I'm supposed to follow the leadership that God has placed in my life. I also have this calling on my life by God that I would do things very differently if I were either in charge or in my subordinate role, like student pastor to senior pastor, that is a subordinate role. I would do things really differently. I believe God is calling me to do things very differently. When there's that deep philosophical how to execute the calling type of thing, then I do think that's a moment where God can stir and cause us to say, okay, I need to find somewhere that is a fit for what God's called me to do. And I think it's especially, we have to be careful here because I think that can point us to bitterness, which then puts us in a place where we're actually not following God. So bitterness that comes from even a philosophical difference is still bitterness, and that can cause us to develop a lack of loyalty and negative attitude towards those people around us or even the pastors that we serve for. And if any time we begin to attach negative feelings personally to those people based on ministry philosophy, I think we're in really dangerous ground 
because that's when we begin to to not follow the authority that's got that God has placed in our life. So a thing that I know we've said before and that we've talked about is if you can't follow in a healthy way and your attitude is suffering and actions are suffering, then that is a situation that you need to either check your own motivations and heart and have God do some heart surgery, which sometimes that's the case, or it could be the revelation of, okay, I can't be healthy in following doing this certain type of thing, so I need to be open to to taking a step away. I think also bitterness can often come from thoughts that that you've generated on your own and things that you perceive to be the case and not circumstances that you've really vetted and explored. So sometimes, you know, you get no to a series of things in a staff meeting and you're you're not able to do things and you make assumptions from those no's that, man, they never let me do anything that I want to do. But maybe you haven't taken the time to go to the person that you report to, whoever that is, to say, there's a certain strategy that I'm trying to pursue, and these things are part of that strategy, and I'd like to know, in the end, is this strategy, can we find a way for this strategy to be compatible with what you see us doing and the way you see us moving forward? Sometimes it's the case that you don't really have a strategy, and so you're just trying to do things uh, that you think would be fun or that you think would be beneficial, and the person that you're reporting to sees we're shooting from the hip a lot here, and and I'm actually trying to rein this in and get us pointed in a strategic direction. And so you'll get no's just because the person that's doing the appro- approving doesn't see the strategy, doesn't see the purpose behind it. And that can cause bitterness. And it also causes a place of um, where, where there's a lack of communication because you're upset and they see you being upset and feel like you're not following well. Um, and then when that's not talked out, then there's all of a sudden a divide between you and your leader. And so a lot of times this just this just requires you going to your leader and saying, hey, this is what I would like to see happen. Is there a way for us to bring these two worlds together? And then sometimes the answer may just be flat out no. And that may be an answer to you. There's going to be a day that I don't need to serve here. I would still say, though, that may not mean that you need to leave today. It may mean you need to learn how to follow because you're going to have to learn how to follow before you can ever learn how to really lead. Man, that is such good stuff. And I think the, the broad principle that we're saying in a lot of different super practical ways is it's first a self check on our own hearts, right? Like criticism uh, could lead us to a place of bitterness. Um, Criticism could lead us to want to leave. But we have to be careful that when we, we don't just assign any amount of criticism to this person doesn't like me and therefore a, a wedge begins to be hammered in that relationship. So like if your pastor or supervisor is correcting you on something or constructively criticizing something, 
that doesn't mean that they don't like you and thus don't like the way you do ministry and thus you need to leave. But that's what that root of bitterness can cause us to think and feel. And, and that's when things begin to fall apart, I think, earlier in a lot of cases than they do. Now, listen, the other side of that is you can't control how someone corrects or constructively criticizes you. It may not come across as constructive at all. And I understand that. And so you, you might be in a situation where it's like, man, all I'm getting is c- criticism and I'm not getting the relationship and the encouragement on the other side. And I want to encourage you, student pastor, if you find yourself in that situation, you can't control those things that other people, the how they say and do things. You can't own how they correct and criticize, but you can own your reaction to those. And man, listen, what I'm about to say is really difficult. I've not done it well in the past and Lord willing, I'll do it well in the future, but I don't know, uh, is making sure that when you hear criticism, even if it comes across really raw, that we first look internally and see if there's truth in it and see if there's something we can learn from it rather than dismissing it right away as X person doesn't like me or they don't understand me or whatever. And I think if we start with ourselves and with the Lord alongside us in that process, then our hearts can be protected maybe a little bit from the hurt that could be there and allow us to continue to get better in ourselves. So one one reason that I've heard people talk about that they're feeling led to leave a place is that they don't trust their leader or they don't feel safe with their leader. Although um, a lot of people won't necessarily use those words that I don't feel safe because that's a kind of a vulnerable thing to say. But when you dig into really someone's emotions about a leader, that's often the case. Um, Maybe a staff meeting is kind of a hostile place to be or emails aren't normally well received or whatever the thing is. What would you say about navigating that conversation and digging into whether or not that is a reason to leave? Well, I think one of the first things in feeling that vulnerability or safety with a leader is, have I done my part to pursue that relationship? You know, we've talked, uh, we've devoted whole episodes to um, the relationship that you have with the person who you report to or your senior pastor. And I think a lot of times we want that relationship to come to us uh, as subordinates. Listen, in my role at Lifeway, I may lead the student ministry area, but it is a subordinate role to the vice president and the president of our our organization. Uh, And I think many times we assume that those relationships will come to us, but the reality of it is, and I've seen this in every church I've served in, is that we, if we want that closeness, and that vulnerability to be there, then it's a relationship we must pursue as the subordinate to the person that we that we serve with. And listen, we can say that's not fair. We can say it shouldn't be that way. They should want to disciple me and pour into me. If I'm better, the church is better. Like we can use all of those phrases. But the reality is we don't, as a student pastor, you really don't understand the dynamics and 
the fullness of the plate of the senior pastor. Uh, until you've done it, you just don't understand what all is there. And so the, the relationship and, and pouring into you as a student pastor might fall off the edge of the plate because other stuff is pushing it out. And many times it's not because they don't like you or want to be with you. It's just because they're super busy. But I've also found when the relationship is pursued on our end, many times it will be reciprocated on their end because they do want what's best for you. They do want to spend time with you. They do want you to be better in your ministry because it makes the ministry of the church better. We just need to take the first steps. Well, and and there's some grace that I think we have to give in those situations too, because you, you can turn this back on yourself and let's say that you've got 10 or 15 small group leaders in your ministry. Do you would could you honestly say that all 10 or 15 of your small group leaders or if you have more even even more so could you honestly say that all of them are being discipled and brought along by you can you yeah. honestly say all of your students are being deeply discipled and brought along by you individually to the degree that they would say oh man they love me they really value me yeah all of my students couldn't say that. There wasn't time for me to dig in that deeply with them. And all of my volunteers could not have said that. At some point, one person's only got so much time to dedicate to a group of people. And so I think when you when you give an honest evaluation and give a leader, if the, you know if that's your senior pastor, you give them that grace and you say, well, let me count the number of people that are asking for this person's time. Yeah. I think there it's easy to get to a place of grace and it's more understandable to hear what you're saying, Ben, to say, man, if you want that relationship, you're going to go, you're going to need to go chase that down and not begrudgingly, but because you respect them and you want to serve them well and you want to get to know them. And if, if you're in the place where like, man, they should be discipling me. Well, you're the one that wants to be discipled. So go ask them to do it. You know, you go chase them down and make it easy for them to do it. And yeah, I think that'll change the perspective completely. Yeah. Uh, John Paul, what do you think uh, in terms of expectations in the role? Um, how does that play into this? man, do I need to leave this place or stay at this place? Well, often expectations aren't down on a piece of paper. And so our expectations and our supervisor's expectations are sometimes very far apart and not communicated very well, again, just because of time and busyness. And so if you feel like there are unmet expectations, it's probably the case that there are undocumented expectations which again is not a hard fix in most cases. Hey, person that I report to, can we sit down and write down what a win looks like in 10 bullets? If I was gonna hit a home run every year for you for the next 10 years, what does that home run look like? Yeah. If those aren't written down and you can't point to anything and they can't point to anything and it's just all objective, you know, firsthand, secondhand, thirdhand impressions of your ministry that are being used to evaluate you week in and week out, then there's, there's going to be a lot of room for conflict, and there's going to be a lot of room for misunderstanding. 
because your supervisor is going to hear from some ornery parent that says, <laughs> pastor did X. Well, if there's not an understood expectation between you and your supervisor of what should have been done in any certain circumstance or where your ministry should be pointed, then what they're going to hear is grumpy parents, maybe. And so then you have a conversation. You guys try to flesh that out. Who knows how many times that happens. you're leaving everything up to third-party information at that point, which is never a recipe for success. Man, I I would say, like, the on-paper thing is so, so important. And, you know, if if you're starting new, like, if you're about to be somewhere, you're in an interview process, like, have that conversation. If you've been somewhere and you're starting to feel this, unrest because it's like, man, I don't know what a win is. I'm not receiving a lot of encouragement. And so like, I don't know if I'm winning. And I think many times that's where the pain point first rears its head is why am I not receiving the attaboys, right? Like, why am I not saying, Hey, you've done a hearing, Hey, you've done a great job in this. Well, part of that might be because there's you're shooting for different expectations than are what expect what are expected of you. So if you've been somewhere for a little while and you're starting to feel that it's not too late to have the question. Like, even if you've been there eight years, I still think it's important to sit down and maybe the language is a little different. Maybe it's, Hey, been here a while, served with you for a while. And man, I would just love to get clarity on what the next lot of years look like. I, you know, I love it here. Want to keep certain. Now, if you don't love it, then Obviously, just leave that statement out. But if you've been there a while, you want to love it here. (laughs) I want to keep loving it here. Uh, But that's a conversation that's okay to have anytime. Just frame your language in such a way that says, hey, I want to keep serving you well. And I want to keep serving the people of this community and this church well. What does that look like for you over the next several years? And I think that's a a welcome conversation. Man, I so... You said something just now in, I want to keep serving you well, that I think is often not the posture of a lot of student pastors on a staff team. The desire is often that I want to do what I want to do in student ministry, and I just need you to tell me I can. And it's not as often the case that they're seeking to serve the person that they're directly reporting to. And some of you might say, well, listen, I don't want to be fake. I don't want to be a yes man. I don't want to be a brown noser. And this is not to say that this is what you should do. And this is certainly not to encourage you to manipulate your leaders by just checking off all the boxes they need you to check so you can get what you want. But the reality is understanding how they like to be communicated with and to and understanding what their expectations are and meeting those expectations are going to be trust builders. Those are going to be bridge-making actions that are going to show, I can trust this person as a part of my team. And the longer that you are trying to serve your leader that way, the more trust they're going to give back to you. That level of loyalty that you show to them is going to be reciprocated at some point. It's just part of human relational dynamics. And so again, not in a, and you, this may be a war in your heart a little bit, not in a manipulative way, but 
in order to build staff unity and and unity in direction and mission, it's important for you to have that posture of service um, toward the person that you're serving under. And I think that's biblical too, as you're serving under them. We have to realize God has given the people in leadership of us a vision, and we need to understand He's given them vision, and we've been brought on to come underneath their vision and their leadership. And so I think it is good and right and pleasing to the Lord to serve that vision. Mm. And eventually it'll buy you some freedom too to do some things that you want to do that you may not be able to do today. Yeah. You know, as I've, as I've thought about this topic and why often we get the itch to leave and the itch to go do something else, uh, part of it comes back to John Paul, just honestly, just getting bored. Like, Hey, I've been doing this for a while and it looks the same and all the systems are in place and all the people are in place and man, student ministry is just kind of rolling right now. Like good, good stuff's happening and there's not a laziness there where, you know, it's, I'm just sitting around, but everything's working. You know, one of the things that people say about student ministry all the time is like your part of your job is to work yourself out of your job because you've poured into volunteers so much and you've, you know, they're discipling and all of that. And sometimes it can get to the point where it's like, man, this is rolling. And I'm just kind of bored with what we're doing. Like disciple now's coming up and we get the playbook out and Wednesday night's coming up and we get the playbook out and there, so this boredom just sets in and it's like, okay, I've got to hit reset and I've got to go find somewhere else to hit reset. And I think that's a really dangerous thing because a lot of times when you get to that place where you're starting to feel a little bored might actually be the moment that if you can hit reset on some things there, you've gotten to the place where you can really begin to thrive because of relationships and because of the credibility you've earned in that place. Yeah, I agree. And sometimes it's been the case with me when I am bored with a ministry post Often that means some part of my spiritual life is more stagnant than it should be. Mm. Because you get bored of programming. You get bored and I'm just doing the same thing all the time. Well, I mean, discipleship is a lot of the same things all the time. Yeah. But when it's fueled by the Lord leading you in your faith journey, it's different all the time Mm. because it's fresh. Good. So even with that, we come back to this place of kind of this self-evaluation moment and checking in with yourself, with the Lord, and saying, am I feeling these things that make me want to leave because of something that is going on in me? And is that is there something that needs to be corrected, or does God need to do some pruning in my life, or... Does something need to happen there, or is what's going on in me God saying, hey, I have something new I'm preparing your heart for? Yeah. And this this really makes me think about, we, we talk, Ben, you and I tend to talk about the people that we have served for fairly often, because we have some of the same experiences in churches. Yeah. 
But Grant Etheridge, fantastic leader in Virginia, who used to always encourage us to bloom where we're planted. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, I used to think, man, this is just, he's just trying to get us to stick around. And there, there may be something to that. <laughs> like, let me bring you on. And would you please stay for a while so that we can get ministry done around here? Um, but that's a legitimate. I think that's, I think that's a huge point though, because listen, your pastor isn't bringing you on hoping that you'll stay for 18 months and go. Yeah. Well, put yourself in their shoes. Every time that happens, they have to reboot and they have to think about things that they really don't have that much time to think about. So I think that's part of it. I also think that this was something that was modeled, that has been modeled in Grant's life and something that he was coached to do and something I think he's found a ton of value in. And so this this discipline of blooming where you're planted, part of what Grant told us that he was counseled in, he kept asking his mentor, how am I going to, how am I going to know when it's time to leave? How am I going to know when it's time to leave? And his mentor kept saying, stop asking me. You'll know when it's time to leave. If you're asking if it's time to leave, it's probably not time to leave. (laughs) But when the Lord prompts you with that thing you're supposed to go do, your heart will burn for that thing. Yeah, And it'll be clear. The Lord is leading you to go do that thing. So sometimes, sometimes I think it's just about us removing the question and looking for the reasons to stay and looking for the remembrances of why God appointed you to that post and just asking him to make it abundantly clear when it is time to leave. Just tell me it's time to leave and give me the door that I'm supposed to walk into for the next post. Yeah. But maybe for right now, it's just time to stay and remember why you came. I love it. And I know that it has served all of you well as you have uh, listened to today's podcast. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of the LifeWay Student Ministry Podcast. We will see you next time.